In today's podcast, Dr. Justin Hillhouse fills in for Pastor John Mark Caton and teaches on how to pray by using David's prayers as an example. Join us next week for the final episode of Five Pillars of Biblical Manhood, hosted by John Mark. But for now, let's hear from Dr. Justin Hillhouse. All right, if you have your copy of God's Word, open it up, turn it on. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles, that's in the Old Testament, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Now, uh, as you know, the pastor is out today recovering from the big party that he had last night out at his house. Thanks a lot to those uh, young marrieds uh, staying up late. But uh, currently he's in this series called, you know, The Five Pillars of Manhood. And we've gone through four of the five pillars. And so next week he's going to start the last pillar of manhood, which is uh, that of love. And as you know, I don't want to steal the pastor's thunder, but rather I want to compliment what he's talking about. And a few weeks ago, the pastor was talking about us as men, okay, us as men, that we need to pray for each other, okay? And that kind of hit me. Um, and, and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking that, that just for us as guys, sometimes we have trouble uh, uh, praying. It is difficult for us to talk to God. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but it takes a while just to kind of to be able to to sit down and say, "Okay, God, here here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I here's what I want to communicate." And we fear one of our greatest fears is is messing up. Okay, are, are y'all with me? Like you're scared of like God. I I hope you kind of understand what I'm trying to say. If somebody asks you to pray in public, you might get a little nervous and you don't know exactly what to say. There was a man that was in church and they were having a moment of silence and prayer. And as they are sitting there in this moment of silence of prayer, his cell phone goes off. That ever happened? Okay. His cell phone goes off and, uh, he kind of looks up, and of course, the, the priest just scolds him, just looks at him and gives him the look. You know the look, like you're in trouble, you're going to the principal office look. Gives him the look. Okay. Afterwards, people kind of walk by and were like, dude, you need to make sure and turn off your cell phone. They kind of berated him a little bit. He gets in the car, and his wife lets into him, right? She's like, I can't believe you left your cell phone on this. Daddy. So he finally gets home. Obviously, he's rattled from the experience, right? And so that afternoon, he decides to go to a dive bar. And uh, he goes to that dive bar. Uh, he... Uh, he, he's sitting there and he doesn't really go to the bar a whole lot, especially a dive bar. And so, you know, he's still kind of a little nervous. He's a little shaken just even walking into the dive bar. But he's kind of got to get out of the house because his wife is on to him. And uh, he accidentally spills his drink. And uh, he spills his drink. And so the janitor comes by and... Uh, and, and, and mops up the floor. The waiter apologizes and hands, his, uh, hands him a napkin to kind of clean himself up. The female manager comes by and says, I'm sorry that you did that, hands him a complimentary drink. And the bar girl comes by and gives him a hug and says, hey, don't worry about it. We all make mistakes. The guy never goes back to church and he's always at that dive bar. Are you with me on that? Are you with me? Sometimes we go to church and we do something and we just don't know what to do. We might be a little nervous and all of a sudden we feel embarrassed about it. And then people look at us and they go, man, I can't believe they would say or that they 
would do that. For some of us, that is kind of how prayer is. We get nervous about it. We, we're scared that we're going to screw up. We're scared that people are going to judge us. I've asked people, I've said, hey, would you mind praying for us? And they're like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to pray. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to pray. But in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus says this, Then Jesus told His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus gave His disciples a parable just to show them, hey, you should always be praying and don't give up on praying. Oswald Chambers said this, Prayer is the exercise of drawing on the grace of God. Originally this morning, uh, I was going to teach in Acts chapter 8, which is the story of Philip and the eunuch. And as I was studying for that passage, I ran across this prayer that we are going to talk about today. And I changed everything. Just because the prayer is so awesome. And I was like, man, let, let's talk about that. Let's discuss that. Because you see, this prayer that David prays is not only awesome, but I think it really reflects kind of who we are as men. And it also reflects how we are to pray because you see, David is a man's man. Okay? This guy is a man's man. He's a warrior. He's a politician. He's a cattleman. He's a shepherd. But he's not only just a man's man, but he's also a man's man in the sense of that he is an artistic man. He is a musician. He is a poet. He is not just a lover, but he is also a fighter. He's both. And so this prayer, when you read it, it follows kind of closely to the Lord's Prayer. But there are some slight differences, but I think you'll get the overall point. This prayer comes when David, he is the current king and he has a heart to build the temple. You can read about this in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. He desires to build the temple, but God comes to, to David and he says, Hey, listen, you cannot build the temple because you have blood on your hands. You are a man of war. But rather, it is your son Solomon that is going to build the temple. Well, David still wants to participate, and so you know what he does is he goes out and he starts to collect all the materials needed to build the temple. He collects all the materials needed, the gold, the silver. He collects the wood. He collects the stone. He collects everything that Solomon needs to build the temple. And then he calls all the leaders together and he asks some to give. And after they give, David prays this prayer. Now we're going to do some things just a little bit different this morning, okay? So I'm going to want you to put it on your thinking cap. And I also want you to prepare yourself to participate, okay? I want you to prepare yourself to participate because at the end as we close today, and I specifically asked Sloan's, I said, Sloan's, I said, don't pray this morning because we together, corporately, as a group of men, are going to pray a prayer together. Okay? And I have no clue how this is going to work out. Okay? 
but we are going to pray a prayer together that we write together. All right? So let's get into it. We can break this prayer down into three parts. The first part is this, is that we must recognize who God is. David recognizes God's power and authority over all things. When you begin this prayer and you read this prayer, it says this in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David praises, praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying... Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give thanks and praise your glorious name. When you pray, the first thing you should do is just simply start off by stating who God is. Who is God? And tell Him how powerful He is. Tell Him how powerful He is. Tell Him that He is great. Tell Him His characteristics. I like what Psalm 59, 17 says. It says this, You are my strength. I sing praise to You. God, You are my fortress. My God on whom I can rely. I like what Revelation chapter 5, uh, 12 through 13 says. It is a picture up in heaven of God on his throne. And it says this in verse 12. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Ian Bounds said this, Prayer honors God, acknowledges His being, exalts His power, adores His providence, and secures His aid. So gentlemen, when you think of God, when you think of Jesus Christ, what comes to your mind about who they are? About who He is? What comes to your mind? And I'm going to ask Sloan's, and uh, Frazier, Justin, the taller here, to write some of this stuff down. Sloan's, I gave you a piece of paper over there. So if you could, I want you guys to write this down. But I want you to tell me, when you think of who God is, what do you think? What comes to mind? Absolute truth. Okay, absolute truth. Write that down. Frazier, you're not writing that down. Grace. Grace, okay. Loving sovereign. Okay, loving and sovereign. Magnificent. Magnificent. Holy? What else? Say that again. Creator? All knowing? Merciful? All loving? What was that, Freddie? Loving? Gracious? 
forgiving. Say that again. Conqueror. Almighty. What else? Ooh, righteous. That's a good one. Omnipotent. Can you spell that, Frazier? <laughs> oh, spell omnipresent, too. Ooh, eternal. That's a good one. Comforter. Say that again. I can't hear you. Just. Ooh, never changing. Sovereign, we already got that one, but we can say that again. Okay, Son of God. Power over death. Guys, we could spend a long time talking about who God is. Just His very being. And so for us, when we pray, and as men, the first thing we need to do when we decide and choose to pray to God is we just need to tell God who He is. And as you can see, the list is very easy to come up with. The list is very easy to come up with. There are so many attributes to God. And not only does He have a lot of attributes, all of His attributes are perfect. All of His attributes are perfect. And so this leads us to our second thought, which is this. Thank God for what He has done. So first, we need to acknowledge who God is. Secondly, we need to thank God for what He has done. We need to be thankful. We need to come before Him in humility and also ask for forgiveness. David recognize, recognizes that everything comes from God. Everything comes from God. If you look there in verse 14, David writes this, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? What does David say to God? How in the world are we able to give like we are able to give? And then he says this, Everything comes from you. Everything. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Here's what is such an awesome recognition. David says, we are only giving you back what you have already given us. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all of our ancestors. Our days on the earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building, a temp for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand. And all of it belongs to you. Now that is a thankful heart. That is a thankful heart. That is a heart full of humility. Knowing where everything comes from and who it 
comes from. Tim Keller said this, A lack of generosity refuses to acknowledge that your assets are not, uh, are not really yours, but God's. We are nothing great. We do nothing great. All of it is because of who God is, what He allows. He sets us up on pedestals, and He takes us down from pedestals. Does He not? He is the one that places kings. He is the one that removes kings. We are not in control. He is the one that is ultimately in control. You're having problems at the office? Guess what? God's in control. He knows what's going on. You're having problems in the family? Guess what? God is in control. And we need to recognize that and to turn to Him for that. To hand that control back over to Him. Psalm 144.4 Lord, what are human beings that You care for them? Mere, mortal, mere mortals that You think of them. They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. Man, really, when you get down to it, a lot of us in this room here are smart. Some of us are good with our hands. Some of us are good with our brains. Some of us uh, uh, have certain expertises and we know a lot. There are a lot of talented guys in here. But guys, where did that talent come from? Guys, what has God and what opportunities have God, has God provided to you? Because when you look at it, we are nothing. If you are wealthy right now, guess what? That wealth will eventually go away. If you are smart right now, I hate to say it, eventually all those smarts are going to go away. We are nothing, and yet it is out of God's abundance because He loves and He cares for us that He provides for us. James chapter 1, verse 17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Men, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Y'all ready to write? Y'all thinking? Children. You're thankful for your children? Family. Okay, family? Life. Thankful for life? Yeah. All right. Health. Health? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, true friends? You care to name one? <laughs> well, it's not anybody in here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Salvation? Salvation? Ooh, the ability to think. Salvation of our children. The salvation of our children. Forgiveness. Thankful for forgiveness. Harmony in our relationships. Harmony in our relationships. Freedom from fear. Well, freedom from fear. What was that back there? I heard something else. Huh? Okay, being forgiven. Got that one. Oreo cookies? You know what? That's funny, and we're writing that down because I'm thankful for Oreo cookies too. John Mark would be pleased too. What else? Work. 
spoken by a lawyer who doesn't work. All right, very good. <laughs> You're a lawyer. You don't work. You don't know the meaning of work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what legal trouble are you in, Dave? Okay, what else? What else are you thankful for? Retirement? Okay. Say that again online. Word of God. All right, we're thankful for the scriptures. Why are you thankful for the scriptures? Key to life. Okay, key to life. Trials. You're thankful for trials? Where you grow. I don't like that one, but write that one down. That's true. <laughs> after they're over. We're always thankful until after they're over. What else are you thankful for? Huh? Military. Freedom? Oh. Why are you thankful for those things? Just out of curiosity, why are you thankful for all this stuff? Huh? We do lead blessed lives, do we not? I'll say this, and this I'm totally this is not in my notes, but we have a lot of first world problems, don't we? <laughs> we are truly blessed, and when you get down to it, and when you really get down to it, let's be honest, I don't have a whole lot of problems. And it's funny, the more we begin to be thankful for what God has provided, a lot of the problems and the issues tend to go away. A lot of the problems and the issues just kind of fade off into the background. And they do not really matter. And this leads us to our third thought, which is this. Ask with a sincere heart. Ask with a sincere heart. Guys, this is a simple prayer. This is a simple prayer, but there's so much we can glean from it. And guys, when we begin to pray for each other, when we turn to God, God is not asking for eloquence. God is not asking that we say everything just particularly right because He knows and understands who we are. He's just asking us to come just like we are. That's it. And He already knows that we're going to mess up. And He's great with it. But He wants us to come to Him with a sincere heart. David is honest with God about his intentions. David is honest with God, get this, about his intentions. Verse 17, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. So David starts out and he says, now listen, God, I know that that integrity, Father, is important to you and that you will look into my heart and that you will search it to find that it is true. Just kind of ask yourself this question. How many prayers have I prayed that are selfish? How many prayers have I prayed that are just selfish and about my own comfort? That's where we kind of get messed up. Is a lot of our prayers are just about my comfort. Dear Lord, I need an F-250. 
Okay? All right? I was reading about a, a kid that was praying for a bike. And he'd go to bed every night for a week. He prayed, dear God, give me a new bike. Dear God, give me a new bike. And then uh, he just said, you know what? Just forget this. He went out. He stole a bike. And then he prayed, dear God, forgive me for stealing this bike. <laughs> hey, guys, that's, a, that's how we use prayer a lot, is it not? Well, if God's not going to do anything about it, I'll just ask for forgiveness. Or you know what? I'll just do it on my own. When you begin to talk about how powerful God is, and then you begin to be thankful for what all He has done in your life and in your family's life, guess what? All of a sudden, all these things, all these comfort issues, they begin to kind of go away. And all of a sudden, the true, the trueness of our heart comes out. That you test my heart and are pleased with integrity then look at what he says. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. So David says, hey, listen, I have given you everything I've given you back, Lord, that you deserve with honest intent. In other words, my intentions are pure. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Verse 18, Lord, the fathers, uh, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Israel, also known as Jacob, keep these desires and thoughts in our hearts of our people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. David's prayer is not, God, please bless us. It is, God, please continue to work in our lives so that we may be faithful to you tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month. All of a sudden, David does not talk about possessions or stuff or even situation. His heartbeat turns towards, God, may we be faithful to you tomorrow just like we were here today. Complete change. To keep these desires and thoughts in our hearts and your people forever and to keep their hearts loyal to you. And then verse 19, he says this, and give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands. He prays for his son first, not to build the temple, not to complete the temple, not to hurry up and get it done, but rather the most important thing, number one, may my kid keep your commands. Man, have we prayed for our children like that? Man, God, I know a lot of you, some of you in here in this room, not a lot, maybe some of you, may, you might be struggling with your kids. And you're praying from situation to situation for your ch children. Stop praying for the situation. Start praying just for your kid and that they may turn back to Jesus and that they would follow Him with wholehearted devotion. Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees. And then to do everything to build the papal structure for which I have provided. David did not pray for stuff or material possessions or that the temple would be built quickly, 
but rather he prayed that the people would be faithful and that they would keep his commands. Man, that is, that is just a little different. You know, um, most of the time on Tuesday mornings, Wednesday nights, I always ask for prayer requests. And it's always, hey, please help so-and-so, and they're struggling, and please help so-and-so, they're struggling. Well, what, what happens if we just stop giving a list of who all's sick, and then instead of praying for their sickness, we begin to pray that, Lord, you know, Bobby Joe is sick, and we know you can heal him, but God, we pray that he would draw closer to you. We pray that He would follow your decrees. We pray that He would turn to you. If you so choose to heal Him, we know you can. Your will be done. He prayed that the people would be faithful. Wesley Duall said this, He interprets our intent and either answers or stores up our prayers. Sincere prayers are never lost. Energy, time, love, and longing can be endowments that will never be wasted or go unrewarded. So when you look at it and you strip it all away, what request do you have before God? What requests? I mean, just really think about it. Anybody? All right. God, your will be done. Is there any particular situation? Nope. Everything? Okay. Anybody else? Huh? To anyone specific? Okay. Anybody else? Discernment. Say that again. Discernment. Discernment. Anyone in particular? Okay, so let's make it personal that you would. All right. Say your name for everyone. Phil. Phil. Write that down for Phil. Yep. All right. Okay. Name for everyone? Mike. Mike. Change the heart of my son. Okay, change the heart of your son. What's his name? Chris. Chris. What else? Yep. My son Jason's healing and salvation. What's his name? Jason. Keith's son Jason. For salvation and healing. What else? Knowledge and guidance. 
Anyone specific? What's your name for everyone? Gene. Knowledge and guidance for Gene. That's, that's Romans 1 right there. And that, um, you know, as believers, that, um, that we draw strength in that, and that, you know, we navigate that trust. It's not just, it's just kind of... Okay. that our people would turn back to the statutes and decrees of God. Anybody else? Yep. That our leaders of this country would draw closer to God. That our leadership. I put that all in one. Leadership and people. Okay. Okay. What's his name? Brett. Brett for surgery. And what's your name? Jeremy. Jeremy. When you uh, when you look at the very end of this of this prayer, it's it it says this. Then David said to the whole assembly. Praise the Lord, your God. So they praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. That was their action. That was their response. So, Fraser, did you get everything I told you? All right. He got most of it. This is horrible handwriting. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Hopefully, they'll cut this out in the recording. But I'm going to be honest. But as I was thinking and preparing for this moment, I actually started crying last night. (laughs) I was kind of like really thinking about it. So I'm going to do my best because I'm a pansy uh, not to do this. But it says in Scripture that the people bowed down and they were prostrate before God and the king. Um, I'm going to ask you. We are going to enter into a time of your prayer to God. And so assume whatever position you feel necessary to bow before God. But here is what I want to try to communicate to you today. Is that God wants us as men to pray. God wants us as men to pray. And He has outlined it for us in the Lord's Prayer. He's uh, given us an example from David. But in any prayer, I want to encourage you, recognize who God is. Be thankful for what He has done. And then submit your request, an honest, intent request to God. 
and just turn it all over to Him. So, men, assume whatever position you uh, want to assume. You can get on your knees, you can stand up, you can hold out your hands, whatever. It's between you and God. And uh, I'm going to read this prayer. Dear God, please hear our prayer today. This is the prayer of the men of Cottonwood Creek Church. Father, you are absolute truth. You are grace. You are loving and you are sovereign. You are magnificent. You are holy. You are the creator. God, you are all-knowing. God, you are merciful. God, you are giving. God, you are the great conqueror. Heavenly Father, you are the Almighty. You are righteous. You are omnipotent. You are omniscient. God, you are eternal. God, you are perfect. God, you are just. And God, you are never changing. Father, you deserve all praise power, and glory. Father, thank you for all that you have provided for us. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our lives. God, thank you for our health. God, we thank you for true friends. God, we thank you for your salvation. God, we thank you that you give us the ability to think and to problem solve. God, we thank you for your forgiveness, for you are faithful in forgiving us of our sins. God, we're thankful for freedom from fear. Man, God, this is silly, but God, we're thankful for Oreo cookies. God, we are thankful for hope. God, we are thankful for work that we can put our hands to. God, we're thankful for your word and for your scriptures. Father, we're thankful for the trials that we go through because they, because they mold us and shape us into what you want us to be. God, we're thankful for our military. God, we're thankful for the freedom to live in this country. And God, we are thankful for how richly you have blessed our lives. So God, we come before you with these requests. God, we ask that in any situation here in this room, that Father, your will would be done. No matter the outcome, that you would get all the praise and all of the glory. God, we pray for Cliff, that he would maintain faithfulness. God, we, I pray for each man in here that we would have some discernment to your word. 
God, I pray on behalf of Phil that he would be faithful to follow your will and to follow your word and for Mike to follow the Lord. For Chris to change his heart of sin and to change his son. For Keith, God, we pray for his son, Jason, that, Father, not only that you would heal him, but, Father, he would come to know eternal life through Jesus Christ. Father, we ask specifically for a salvation and ask that you would call him and that you would draw him to you. And that, Father, that soon his name would be written in the Lamb's book of life. God, um, we pray for our leaders and for our country and that, Father, that they would return to you. That, Father, that they would come back to you and that what, what they are trying to teach our kids, what they are trying to push through society, Father, that, God, you would begin to work in the hearts and the lives and the situations of our leadership and in our country to bring us back to you and to follow your statutes and to follow your decrees and God to follow your commands. Because Father, if we don't, we know that judgment is coming. God, we lift up Gene that you would provide him with knowledge and grace as he works. God, we lift up Jeremy and his friend Brett and ask for his healing and we ask that you would do something great and awesome in that surgery that only the doctors could turn back and give you praise and give you glory. Father, this is our prayer from the men of Cottonwood Creek. We ask that you hear it, and we ask that you would answer it, giving you all the praise and all the glory. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time. We ask, we ask all these things in Jesus' name and all God's men said. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Men's Bible Study. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. That's cottonwoodcreek.org.